I forgot to pick a favorite quote. Mm. Hello. <laughs> we live? We're live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I had many quotes. Yeah, just think of one off the top of your head. Yeah. And we like almost always pick the same quotes. Mm, so I, have I feel like multiple quotes you can take. Okay, one we'll see. I'll pick up. <laughs> I'll pick my favorite from yours. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, it's Sunday. We uh, it's kind of starting to warm up. Mm-hmm. We you did a lot of uh, yard work yesterday. I did mm, a little just bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. And just kind of hanging out. Yeah, this coming week is Valentine's Day. Yes, it is. I'm also gone for a little bit. Mm. Am I gone yeah, on a, Valentine's? Like, no, I'll be no, back for Valentine's Friday, Day. It's Friday, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's a busy week for me. I have lots yeah. of meetings and things. Yeah. Things to do. <laughs> Same. It's grading, busy. Grading deadlines. Yeah. But yeah, it should be. Yeah. It'll be a little weird week, but this past week was pretty fun. We did a lot of uh, dragon hunting. Oh my God, so many dragons. In Wizards Unite, yeah. So Played many. with a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Walked a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I should check my steps and see how you should, far, yeah. You how probably burned some calories for sure, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully a lot of people were having fun with all that. Yeah. I know I did. I mean, it's always fun to get another dragon involved. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. with the... Uh, <clears throat> Triwizard Tournament theme, they may, might introduce a couple more dragons, but maybe I, in the future. My guess is that this was a last-minute thing. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, That's just my guess. Yep. Plus, it was for specifically Harry Potter book night, which was on the 6th of February. And right. um, the theme happened to be Triwizard Tournament, so that's why they went right. with that Like theme. maybe when they finally got the Adventure Sync going, they were like, okay, we'll do... The eggs, because they're one one k mm-hmm. court keys, and have people enjoy it that way. Yeah, yep. I mean, I I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm sure it's planned, but I think that if they if they were going to do their own Triwizard thing, they would have something make a bigger more thing. Extensive. Yeah, I could see it, a brilliant event or something. Yeah, well, because yep. people have already talked about like, well, the dragons we have in game aren't all the dragons that we see in the Triwizard tournament. Right. So, I'm sure that once that happens and they focus on that as an event in Wizards Unite that they'll introduce more. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. What else do you have going on? Anything? Anything to report? Um, I don't know. I'm 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 I don't know. I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah. We've um, had some good conversations, some good breakfasts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into it I'm, then? I'm ready. We'll see. We'll see yeah, where it we'll takes see us. Where we go. Okay. Juan's ready. Uh turn to page forty two at Flourish and Blots. Today's lesson is called Subtle Clues. Mm. The chapter begins with Harry loving his time at the borough, experiencing life in a loving, wizarding family. His time there is capped by a trip to Diagon Alley via the flu network. They are all going to buy their school supplies for a new year at Hogwarts. Harry botches his first use of flu powder and winds up in Nocturne Alley at Borkin and Burke's. He hides from Draco Malfoy and his father Lucius, who is trying to unload some poisons. Eventually, the Malfoys leave, and Harry escapes the shop unseen, only to be cornered by a peculiar witch. Harry is saved from the situation by Hagrid, who happened to also be in Nocturne Alley. Hagrid leads Harry back to Diagon Alley, where they meet up with Hermione, her parents, and eventually all of the Weasleys. After a trip to Gringotts, Mr. Weasley insists on buying Harry- Hermione's muggle parents a drink, and the kids <laughs> split off. 
Harry, Ron, and Hermione enjoy an hour reunited and surrounded by awesome wizarding shops. Eventually, they make their way into a crowded flourish and blots for a book signing with Gilderoy Lockhart, a famous and handsome wizard who has written many of the books on their school shopping list. There he is, the man himself. <laughs> Lockhart notices Harry and pulls him to the front, where he announces that he will be their defense against the dark arts professor. As Harry steps down, Malfoy confronts him, and the situation escalates until Lucius Malfoy and Mr. Weasley come to blows. After the scuffle, they prepare to take the flu network back to the burrow. Yeah, I like your title, Subtle Clues, because um, so something that I wanted to comment on is how there's like all these little details in this chapter yeah. that kind of tie back... Uh, to things that we've already seen and also connect to things that we'll see in the future. So I think that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I pick this title because this chapter to me is, an, again, but for different reasons, masterful chapter mm. by J.K. Rowling. Like the payoffs that we see years from now, books from now, mm-hmm. it's really astounding. It's mm-hmm. all minor stuff, right? The one that's coming to my mind right in the moment is Percy, t- like, I think it's Fred or Ron maybe says like, yeah, he, he's got it all figured out. He wants to be minister of magic. I wrote that quote down. Right. <laughs> and it just is fun to see how it's how well J.K. Rowling can develop a secondary character like Percy. Mm-hmm. Percy has a distinctly different personality than the rest of the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. He is that type of person. He does follow that path, but it takes him in unforeseen places right now but Mm -hmm. it pays off in such a way like it's where he winds up percy is actually pretty reasonable i feel like from what we know about him like the way he treats people how he acts what he wants out of life and like the steps that take him where he goes are reasonable to me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so I jokingly wrote in my notes about that uh, the Minister of Magic quote uh, <laughs> is that um, conspiracy theory, Percy's behind the calamity because mm-hmm. he's jealous of Hermione because she's yeah. Minister of Magic. I like it. <laughs> Percy. That's it. Um, yeah, Percy, well, because like, we saw like little glimpses earlier in the chapter on the burrow with Percy being like all secretive and whatever. Mm-hmm. And we also in that chapter got a little glimpse of Molly Weasley's perspective on Gilderoy Lockhart and yep. <laughs> how the kids like tease her. They're like, oh, she fancies him, all this stuff. Um, and then it comes back in this chapter where... <laughs> sorry, this Winston puppy. is going insane. <laughs> this puppy is jumping Winston. all over the place. <laughs> He's, he's having he's a, going his own party. He is. He's in his own. <laughs> At least he's playing with his toy. Um, oh, he has a toy yeah, in here? Yeah, he has a oh, toy. Boy. He's just running he, around. Oh, my gosh. Whoops. Um, but yeah, in, in this chapter, we get uh, letters from Hogwarts, and then we get this book list, and Harry's looking at his book list, and it's like, Standard Book of Spells, book two, which Standard Books of, Book of Spells is a uh, foundable in Wizards Unite, and uh, one that is divided into seven books it corresponds to the seven years. Mm. Um, that also set me down a different rabbit hole, but outside of this book context. <laughs> and uh, then 
we have Fred or George, somebody is like, oh, uh, commenting on all the Lockhart books that they have right. to get. Right. And they make a comment of like, oh, it must be the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. It must be like a witch who fancies him. Right. And like, so like he comes back up again, again, establishing this sort of like um, who he is and how people respond to him, possibly. Um, and then we. Yeah, there was him. a mention of him in the previous chapter. Did you say that? Yeah, with Molly. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Well, in the burrow. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Yeah. Lockhart is going to be someone we examine repeatedly. Mm -hmm. He's a very interesting archetype to me. Like, he's ambitious. He's charismatic. He's conniving. Yeah. Do we ever find out what we, house he's in? We don't know much about him at this point. So I wonder what we house can he talk was about in. it Does more it extensively. Does it say on the card? No, we can okay. talk about it more extensively <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not in my research, Jeff. Stop okay, bringing hit things me with up. your research. What do you have? What do you have? No, no, no. Uh, uh, well, okay. Um, just some details before we get into there. So, like, Arthur also is developed to get, like, more as a character, um, being obsessed with muggle artifacts and being, like, upset. Well, so <laughs> when Harry, when, uh, so part of the traveling by flu powder and Harry's never done it before and they're like, mm -hmm. how did you get to <laughs> platform nine and three quarters? And then it comes back at the end when Mr. Weasley wants to ask the Hermione's yeah uh, parents about the uh bus stations buses. and the postal but it's, service it's actually like exactly the analog to the flu network i feel like is the bus mm. like you you get off at your stop because they even say that like make yeah, sure you yeah. get off like at your yeah. at your fireplace not the one after the one before you know it's kind of funny i don't know but the quote in there is arthur's like oh were there escapators is what he yeah. says let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about escalators yeah. it's like really cute um, and then we get to, so like Harry does that and is like sneezing as he's saying Diagon Alley gets, you know, mm -hmm. thrown into Nocturne Alley. We don't know that at the time or he's just kind of like confused. And we have Lucius. I wrote barf. <laughs> My barf. favorite character. Yeah. No. Um, and then we get a little of like the maybe socio-political climate of this current current day because he's like commenting on this new muggle protection act and so mm -hmm. that seems to be why he is at borgen and burks with his lovely son draco yeah Malfoy. it's always really fun the borgen and burks scene is fantastic mm -hmm. and it has so many things that pay off which mm -hmm. i'm sure you've written like it's amazing how much she builds from just that one chapter mm -hmm. it's amazing like it pays off like I feel like Borgen pays off a little bit and that he's a shop owner and like what is he actually curious about? Is he actually like a dark wizard? It doesn't seem clear to me that he is. He certainly has dark objects in his care. Mm -hmm. But when he says that line about like wizard blood seems to be counting for less and less everywhere or whatever nowadays... And Lucius is like, not with me. And he's like, no, sir, nor not with me either. But then, mm -hmm. like, once the Malfoys leave under his breath, he's just like, All right, Mr. Malfoy. Like, Yeah. I mean, it makes me think of, like, in the Star Wars, um, the most recent trilogy with, mm -hmm. like, the commentary on, like, people making money off of, like, hatred and war and all of that sure. sort of thing so maybe yeah, he just see, maybe well, we don't know much about him but no, it seems don't. like yeah he is definitely this mystery of like um where do you stand and 
um, we see like a glimpse from Harry's perspective, who is hiding in a cabinet of mm-hmm. um, what the di- like all of that dialogue is really to me very important. So we're we're being introduced like we've heard a little bit about the Malfoy family, a little bit about Draco's dad. And now we see him and we have this like interaction and we're seeing kind of the the tone of like who he is, how Draco is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it's really fascinating. It's yeah. it's a great device that J.K. Rowling uses to put Harry eavesdropping because mm. obviously Lucius and Draco interact with each other slightly different when Her- when they know Harry is there or when yeah. they know other people are watching him, mm-hmm. as does Borgen, right? Yeah. That in the Hand of Glory. Mm-hmm. I saw you had some notes on that one. Yeah, so I have uh, some things with Wizards Unite. So, oh, yeah, the Hand of Glory. So this was interesting. Um, the quote on page 52, because Draco kind of looks at it and Borgen co- uh, comes over and he's like, ah, the hand of glory, insert a candle and it gives light only to the holder, best friend of thieves and plunderers. And then that's that leads into like this side conversation where Lucius is talking about like, oh, the well, grades and her mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you should be ashamed that a muggle born is beating. That's so like run up you get a little bit of what this book is kind of like going to explore more yeah. in depth. Yes, because yeah. did you notice that Hagrid at some point says something about like, I think it was Hagrid. Yeah, it it is right. Something about like, it's in their blood, and yes, he's talking I wrote about that Malfoy. Down too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because uh, he's basically like you. You don't need to. Yeah, so that's like later on in the chapter. Bad blood. That's what it is. Is like how he. Right. Well, that's so it. interesting because we've talked about this in real life in many different facets of like how. The judgment, how easily people judge others by association. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not that different from like a blood judgment of being like, well, okay, you're one of your parents, or both your parents are muggles, so yeah. I judge you based on that, or like one of your parents is a Death Eater, so I'll judge you based on that. It's yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. They clearly have distinctly different uh, outcomes, usually, but they're used in. Um, similar logic right yeah yeah it's, it's interesting yeah that's one of the reason why i put that quote down because i mean yeah we'll we'll see more of that also with like the blood status Bad we saw blood, a little blood, bit blood very yeah. close together yeah. and even in their how they read right it's kind of interesting so the hand of glory is a real thing oh <laughs> what yeah so it is it's a dried and pickled hand um uh, well from Wikipedia, it says of a male person, I think it's of any person, who has been hanged, and it's often the left hand, but if the person was hanged for murder, it's the hand that did it. So oh it's like, no, this is like a real thing what? that I found. Um, so the etymology is, oh, I forgot the term for it, but it's, it's basically hand of glory as a phrase is something that um, over time it evolved. So it used to be called something different, but then like the name that got taken up was like a simplification or like an easier to remember phrasing of it. Um, Because there's this like French phrase, mont de gloire, and it's like a mispronunciation of a similar word, which actually means mandrake. Mandrakes are also a real thing. So mm. we can talk about that later. But I'm like looking at this article and I'm just like, wait, what? 
So um, there's this excerpt of How to Make a Hand of Glory that was written in 1722 by Griot de Givry. I don't, I definitely butchered that, but uh, take the right or left hand of a felon who is hanging from a gibbet, which is like a guillotine. Giblet, yeah. Gib- oh, sorry, mm-hmm. giblet. Gibbet? No, it says gibbet. No, not giblet. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's like a thing yeah. in the turkey. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, guillotine or other execution structure. Beside a highway, which probably doesn't mean highway in contemporary terms if it was written in 1722, wrap it in part of a funeral pall and so wrapped, so wrapped, squeeze it well, and then put it into an earthenware vessel with zimat niter, which is like potassium nitrate or sodium nitrate, salt and long peppers, the whole well powdered. This is the whole process, okay? <laughs> Leave it in this vessel for a fortnight and then take it out and expose it to full sunlight during the dog days until it becomes quite dry. If the sun is not strong enough, put it in an oven with fern and vervain, which also, vervain is actually used for like medicinal purposes, although what I was reading, there's not really many scientific studies of the effectiveness of it. But mm. still, uh, it's something that we use as an ingredient in Wizards Unite. Mm-hmm. Um, next, make a candle from the fat of the felon. <laughs> so you goodness. use the fat of the person who you executed. Sustainable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, virgin wax, sesame, and pony, which I, uh, when I was trying to look up like what that meant, people speculated it meant horse dung, but it's unclear okay. what that is. And use the hand of glory as a candlestick to hold this candle when lighted, and then those in every place into which you go with this baneful instrument shall remain motionless. So you have the whole process where you have the hand, you sever the hand and like you dry it out or pickle it and whatever. And then you put a candle in in it. So it's like this thing. And it's meant to have like a magical effect. Yeah. So you're not uh, people uh, like if people, I don't know, it's supposed to, it's meant to freeze people. Like, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be this thing that kind of like, I don't know. It it was wild when I read this. Like this is a real thing. Apparently. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I don't even know what to say. That's a, that's so don't be a amazing. murderer. You'll have the hand of glory made from mm-hmm. you and your fat. fat yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing we see in Borgen and Burks. And then we also see a cursed opal necklace, although yeah. it's not labeled that way. It's uh, uh, Draco necklace. sees a little sign. It's like, caution, do not touch curse. It says opal necklace. Yeah, but it's it's not called like cursed opal necklace. There's right, not like right, a right, sign right. that says cursed you, opal you, necklace. Um, but yeah, we'll see that come back in a later book. And then we see Hagrid, who is in Nocturne Alley because he's trying to find flesh-eating slug repellent Mm -hmm. because they are in, he says, they're ruining the school cabbages. Mm -hmm. And uh, flesh-eating slugs, when I was looking it up in the registry, it's returned to the Hogwarts like Is cabbage it? patch. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so that was like a cute little reference. Plus, I was reading next to you, and we were although we don't talk much about the chapters before our podcast to keep it uh, fresh. I did ask if that was the vanishing cabinet that Harry mm. was hiding in. Unsure, unclear. We we didn't do I mean, like I deep so. research, but probably unless there's right? another cabinet, big black one. That I didn't would be look at what the. I didn't compare it to like a description in the later books, but yeah, I would think so. I would think so. I mean, we yeah. know that it's there, but yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow, I know. Well, you know, 
it makes some sense. Harry is in a place of curiosities and like <laughs> all of these things then like are interesting. And so yeah. she was able to bring them back in interesting ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And to have Draco there and watch it all play out through Draco too. Mm. Like he is so studious in a, an interesting way because this is years later he gets the payoff. Who knows if he goes back to Borgen and Burks after that, but you know, all these items that he's looking at and he's like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Like he does have a curiosity. He's walking around the shop looking at it. Mm -hmm. It's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, t take me a couple feet away from my father who <laughs> appears to hate me. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Yeah. What I really liked <clears throat> in this chapter um, afterwards when, so everyone meets up with each other and then... There's this situation that happens in, well... Gringotts? No, Flourish and Bluff. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, you want to talk about Gringotts? Well, no, it's okay. I mean, it's a, it's another good insight into Harry. Yeah. Yeah, and just his sensitivity and empathy. Mm -hmm. And it's a connected empathy. I mean, he knows what it's like to not have any money. He he yeah. grew up with no money. So the, the Weasleys, because this came up, I mean, this is basically Ron's ah. story is like, we're talking about like, oh, my family yeah. doesn't have much. We saw that a little bit in the borough with him apologizing for it. We heard comments in the borough as they're looking at the book list saying like, oh, it's going to be expensive. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. That so, was one of my favorite quotes, though. Hmm. Yeah. Which one? Oh, uh, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that uh, that. Harry hadn't mentioned his gold to the Dursleys because oh, he th yeah. felt that the Dursleys' hatred of wizarding things wouldn't have extended to a pile of gold. Yeah. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, we have all of that context, and we also know, like, that's part of, like, the Weasley family. Like, people... like So Draco makes fun of Ron for being poor. Like, that's, that's mm. part of it. Um, and then... Harry meets Lockhart. Lockhart causes this big commotion, and you're like, dude, who is this dude? It's also funny. They're like, the description is like, all the people or most of the people that were in line were people who were Molly's age, just mm -hmm. like, <laughs> you know, which is being obsessed with him. Mm -hmm. It's just really funny. Uh, and then Lockhart's like, here, Harry, take all of these books. And then Harry immediately Errol. dumps it into Ginny's cauldron. He's like, here, you take it. <laughs> yeah. I loved even the subtlety of that moment of like Harry puts books into Ginny's cauldron. So Ginny isn't even familiar with all of the books mm. that are in her cauldron. And then that pays off so hard because mm. Lucius also goes into her cauldron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so great. I don't know. How, how do you do that stuff? Well, so before quickly? Lucius does that. So mm -hmm. there is the, so we have Draco and he is doing his classic Draco where he's antagonizing and we've seen this in book one and uh, it's like it's fine for a second they're just exchanging words and then ron lunges at him <laughs> classic ron then what i love is the parallel with the parents because then you have lucius being antagonistic and then arthur is just like lunging and i'm just like oh my god i mm -hmm. love this i love how that is i mean mm -hmm. you see it because it's I think it speaks to this generational thing, this blood thing, or like this connectedness, this association, and you have the same exchange. Um, and that's when Hagrid breaks it up and is talking about Bullies be bullying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, 
there's so much that happens in this chapter. It's relatively long. I mean, yeah, it we is get longer than three different locations of of note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then during that confrontation, one of my favorite quotes that I wrote down is Arthur saying, "We have a very different idea of what disgraces the name of wizard Malfoy." Yes. Which, again, hints at this larger dynamic that is in the wizarding world that is what we find out later to be part of the fabric of the wizarding world and how people interact with each other. Yeah. This idea well, what's of- so amazing about the that exchange is that they legitimately, it's, it is literally totally true. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, to have it spoken and, like, it doesn't even affect Lucius. He, it doesn't mm. in the way that Arthur would maybe have atten- intended it, right? Or like mm-hmm. Lucius is just, I think he comes back and he's like clearly, like, you know, basically like if you weren't, if you were such a wizarding, I think he says blood trader, I'm not sure, or whatever, wizarding sellout, like at least they could pay you better or whatever. Like they just go back and forth in that way. And they really do not see eye to eye. There's no common ground there in yeah. like how they view how to be Mm -hmm. yeah but it speaks to a larger dynamic a larger source of conflict not just like within the wizarding world but just in general between humans people have different perspective on what is disgraceful or what that means like different um senses of morality or ethics or anything like that like what is Mm -hmm. it that we should stand for or what is it that um should like govern the way that we exist and see each other and interact and uh yeah it's they are totally 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 different and yep. I, I think it's meant to be such a stark contrast yep yep it's yeah and to pit it's a really great way of expanding our and Harry's world even further to recognize that like the, the sort of petty school type things mm-hmm. aren't just that that they're they are like circling they they have long histories mm-hmm. and you know Mr. Weasley was probably bullied as a kid in oh, Hogwarts for sure. yeah. by Lucius <laughs> I don't know Lucius might be older I'm not sure but yeah totally or Arthur might be older because I was thinking about that last mm-hmm. chapter of so, like, you because you brought up, like, if the Potters were still alive, like, what kind of house would they have? Yeah, and what would so Harry what be was, like? Yeah, <laughs> and what, what I was thinking of is, like, oh, like, who would the wizard parents, like, who wizard, whose wizard parents would um, Lily and James hang out with? Mm. And uh, I think Arthur and Molly are probably a little old for them because I I was like oh well they didn't go to Hogwarts at the same time because I mean Mm -hmm. Charlie Bill like they have kids which I mean Mm -hmm. assuming that everyone's on a similar timeline for um, having their first kid like they seem much older uh, in terms of Mm -hmm. not necessarily maybe the Weasley's parents are because I know they married young although I guess I could try to look up and see if there are any maybe the same age as like Tonks's parents Andromeda mm. and so like Bellatrix well that would make but but it's hard to say whether Narcissa and Lucius are similar ages I'm not sure yeah I'm I sure should, we can look at I, it. yeah I I'm sure people <laughs> are right now yeah yes. let us know how <laughs> old are these yeah. characters <laughs> yeah uh-huh. cool you have something else uh no I think that's 
we talked about all the quotes everything oh um the other quote that i wrote was earlier and like when they first uh, harry's first eavesdropping and sees the malfoys and draco is talking about the broom and like well it doesn't matter because you know harry got this kind of broom and blah 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 and lucius is like you have told me this at least a dozen times already yeah their dynamic is uh and the line after that, though, that I really liked that I think speaks to him as his character is, and I would remind you that it is not prudent to appear less fond of Harry Potter. Not when our uh, most of our kind regard him as the hero who made the Dark Lord disappear because that really is like the Malfoys are similar to the Dursleys and the they care about the appearance. So like, what is it? that people see you as and so i mean they definitely want to maintain their like power and like status but also it seems to be careful like um it's not uh it it seems to me like this is like it wouldn't be wise to do this because it might like close off other like possibilities or opportunities to take advantage of is how i was reading it's amazing how both of those families are affected by their caring about their own reputation mm, yeah whereas like the weasleys because percy follows that right he cares mm-hmm. about the reputation and he rejects it in some way being a weasley but the reason he rejects it is because you know molly and arthur maybe they stand for different things what you know i mean yeah we're just going to circle back on what arthur said right mm. yeah that like he doesn't care about his reputation in those the same ways, like and what his family stands for and what they're known for. It's not going to be money. He doesn't care about money. Mm-hmm. Like he will worry about money, but he's not in active pursuit of more money. Yeah. As so long as his family is able to love each other, right, and be mm-hmm. be comfortable with each other. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder because you've mentioned before that uh, the immediate reaction with Harry and Draco that. Harry can recognize a bully because he's lived with Dudley. So I wonder if there's also this other like sense that's coming out of mm-hmm. just observing the Malfoy family and being like, yeah, y'all aren't that great. No. I, I can see. I've lived with it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good. Awesome. Cool. Yay. Did you have uh, anything else? No, I don't think so. No. Oh, I was going to just mention Ginny. Oh, yeah. We forgot to talk she about finally, Ginny. She sticks up for Harry. I love, I love she that. She dumps her elbow in butter. Yes, she does. <laughs> Drops her porridge. I love that image. Yeah, it's just, I'm like, <laughs> people do that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but no, she like she speaks back to, to Draco. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like. It's hmm. really funny in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's such a, yeah. <laughs> like it's obvious it's almost caricaturesque that she it has its huge crush on Harry mm-hmm. than to actually have it like manifest and like in a different way other than her just being shy around him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In all in one chapter. Mm-hmm. But okay. So I think the next chapter is also a foundable. Oh. The Whomping Willow. <gasps> oh yeah. Until then. <laughs> Wands ready. ready.